All the major news stories made simple and easy for your listening pleasure. We'll break it down for you in keywords. Uh, for the segment, we're joined by Adam in the studio. Good morning. Hello, Lena. Happy How, Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. How are things? I think it's well. It's well. Yeah. yeah. Yourself? Yeah. yeah, I'm okay, but you look a bit tired. tired. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was yeah. hand signaling to you yeah, through like, the window. Like, as, that, are you okay? Am like, I okay? Yeah. You know, I think this is just my morning face now. Like, yeah. it's, it's just going to stay. <laughs> and I never know how to react to it because I always do feel slightly more tired than the average person because yeah. the average person doesn't wake up at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. However, I'm right there with you. Actually. Yeah, exactly. That's our entire team. Yeah. So, this is a default to get yeah. used to it. Yeah. Well, I've already gotten used to it. It's part of me now. <laughs> Thank you very much for asking, Adam. And thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. All right. Let's ju- jump into our keyword news portion this morning. Hopefully, we'll try to clarify some of these headlines for you this morning, starting with our first pick of the day. Moderna delay. Korea is hoping to get more COVID-19 vaccines, including those from Moderna. But it looks like the country will have to wait a bit longer due to what's been cited as production issues. So Mm. let's clarify what those production issues are and maybe why the scheduled August Moderna vaccine might not be disturbed. Right. Uh, Moderna says its vaccine manufacturing partners outside of the United States are facing delays due to what they're calling lab testing operations that have occurred in the past few days. That's slowing the supply of the shot to these markets. Now, the supply issue is linked to the vaccine manufacturing process involving the Swiss contract drug maker Lonza and a Spain-based company uh, which does bottling work for the Moderna shot. Mm. So all these partners, uh, and something's not quite right there, basically, is what Moderna's saying. Um, Therefore, Moderna vaccine set to arrive in Korea this week will be delivered next month, so that's about a two to three week delay. Uh, The batches scheduled for August will arrive as planned because they actually come from a different manufacturing location so it's not part of the, the the manufacturing process that has been affected okay so i mean so there's two separate perhaps production routes to look yeah. at in this case and the august batch or the scheduled august batch yeah. will come as scheduled right so that's uh, that's right so by the time by august basically there'll be a lot mm. of doses coming in according um, to the kdca that's right All and right. The, the government said it will continue talks with the company and announce a detailed timetable as soon as it is finalized but uh, August sometime. It could be early, mid or late August. We don't know. But Mm, uh, mm. uh, a a timetable will be announced soon. And the shipment delay comes as the government expands its inoculation campaign to people in their 50s and also these workers in the vital sectors, such as uh, the semiconductor industry Mm -hmm, as well. Uh, the disruption uh, has forced authorities to switch to the Pfizer vaccine as well, if we remember, mm. for some vaccinations as well. A lot of people, that mix and match option is being considered. Uh, and South Korea has a contract for 40 million doses of the Moderna vaccine. Just over a million have already arrived, but hopefully we can get that number close to the contracted amount soon. All right, moving on to our second keyword of the day. Expanded eligibility. Meanwhile, Korea is also looking to expand the eligible age group for the Moderna shot, although we don't have mm. it in supply. We need plans yeah. ahead, right? And exactly. it's if it's to be extended to the younger age group, I think mm. you do have to come and question uh, yeah. whether or not it's safe. That's right, uh, because uh, children are not as susceptible to COVID-19, right. but they are still. Uh, they're not completely immune to it. Exactly. And, uh, 
Uh, GC Pharma, that is the firm that is handling Moderna vaccine distribution here in the country, uh, has actually asked the government to expand the eligible age group to 12 and up, uh, currently from the uh, 15 and up, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. as it is at the moment. And GC Pharma cited a study with the uh, Moderna jab, which involved just under 4,000 children aged between 12 and 17, that found responses similar to those in young adults aged 18 to 25. Mm-hmm. So why not lower the eligible age? Now, the European Medicines Agency has actually already approved Moderna's vaccine for children mm. aged between 12 and 17, so they're expanding it. Uh, but it remains to be seen how the Drug Safety Ministry will respond, mm. um, if they will heed the call of GC Pharma. Mm. Uh, but uh, there are studies, not just in, um, in the EMA, but um, elsewhere as well, that are kind of pointing to signs that younger children mm-hmm. uh, may benefit, benefit from, from Moderna. Doses? And even younger as well. There's okay. Moderna trials going on for those aged uh, 5 to 11 as well. So, right. yeah, for even a younger age group, uh, there's these trials that are going on. I'd assume the drug safety ministry in the country would go through its own screening process before yeah. it gives it an okay or a, a mm. no, essentially. Yeah, it has been doing quite well on right. that front. It has been very thorough, yes. All right, on to our third keyword of the day. Pandemic plus typhoon. <laughs> so turning to China now, the city of Nanjing is seeing a surge in COVID-19 cases. It is also bracing for a powerful typhoon that has made landfall in East China. Uh, it seems the situation is incredibly terrible. Yeah, so it's kind of a, like a double whammy of uh, yeah. disasters at the moment for uh, Nanjing. Uh, this Nanjing cluster, which is mostly among employees working at the Lukou Airport, mm-hmm. is the second most serious outbreak in China since February. Uh, That's according to the Chinese official numbers anyway, bear in mind. Uh, Most of the 106 cases that have been reported in the cluster are the Delta variant infections. So Mm. uh, there is just no escape from this Delta variant at the moment. It's certainly a a cause for concern globally. Uh, Nanjing has therefore been virtually sealed off and Mm -hmm. residents have been advised to stay indoors. Authorities are conducting mass testing of the population. That's kind of a standard practice in China, this mass testing of population. It's uh, apparently uh, proved to be quite uh, effective, effective as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to make things worse, Chinese authorities are warning that this typhoon infa will pose a threat to local anti-epidemic work. Mm. It's currently passing over East China. It's actually the second landfall mm. um, uh, that is uh, kind of ripping through the eastern part of China. And yeah. people have to gather at relocation sites if their houses are damaged. The typhoon could also damage roads and lead to water and power cuts and all these conditions will increase the risk of virus transmission mm. as well as create difficulties in rescue as well as treatment as well. Halfway across the country in northwest China, I just saw uh, images of the sandstorms and mm. that seems to be also in the forecast. So right. it, it, this all does add up to, well, people need to evacuate yeah. and it does put a damper on these quarantine efforts and so on forth. Yeah. Oh, that was a lot to handle this morning, huh? Mm. Let's look also at the Himalayan Kingdom of Bhutan. It has fully vaccinated most of its eligible adults in a week. Uh, How did it actually manage to do this? Yeah, so this is a tiny country. It's home to nearly 800,000 people. But still, But still, yes, (laughs) a week. But uh, it began uh, giving out the second dose last Tuesday in a mass uh, vaccination drive. Bhutan has now fully vaccinated 90% of its eligible adult population within just seven days. Uh, 
the campaign has been hailed by UNICEF as arguably the fastest vaccination campaign to be executed during a pandemic. Uh, Not just this one, but any. Mm. Uh, In April, Bhutan grabbed the headlines as well when its government said it had inoculated around the same percentage of eligible adults with the first dose in under two weeks. Mm. Um, That came after India donated 550,000 shots of the AstraZeneca vaccine, but Mm. uh, the country did face a shortage for months after India halted uh, exports because it was dealing with their own problems within the country. Uh, Bhutan was able to restart its drive last week after half a million doses of Moderna's vaccine arrived from the US as Mm. a donation under the the COVAX program. Uh, Bhutan also received more than 400,000 AstraZeneca shots from Denmark, Croatia Mm. and Bulgaria in the last two weeks. Mm So this all uh, vaccine sharing and donation, it is certainly proving to be effective. Mm. Um, Health experts say Bhutan's small population did help, but the country also benefited from clear and effective communication Mm. from the government and officials, as well as an established cold change storage system as well. So they had the infrastructure in place. Because I was going to say, without the infrastructure, how do you roll out this much vaccine to to cover 800,000 people? Right. I mean, yes, it is a small population, but it is still a large amount of people in a small country. And And if you think small population, that that also means less doctors, too. (laughs) I mean, simple math? Yeah, but there there Mm. were apparently more than 3,000 health workers Mm. and uh, more than 1,200 vaccination centers set up across the country, which helped ensure shots received every eligible adults as well. And Mm. I've also seen uh, in the reports there are a lot of people who are uh, traveling through landslides and mud fields as well to get to people in rural areas. So they really went all out. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, I can see why UNICEF is praising it as right. one of the most successful cases, right? Yeah. All right. Rightly so as well. A silver lining, if mm. you will. On to our fourth keyword of the day. 6% growth. So the IMF has maintained its 6% global growth forecast for this year, but it didn't note that the disparities between nations are widening. So countries have perhaps yeah. better access to vaccinations, uh, better control of the pandemic than mm. those that aren't. That's right, exactly. Uh, there is a widening gap, unfortunately. That's why that overall number is kind of steady at the moment, but not for the best reasons. And the uh, IMF sharply upgraded its economic uh, outlook for the world's richest countries, uh, as COVID-19 vaccinations help sustain solid rebounds from the pandemic recession. Uh, But the IMF downgraded uh, its forecast for poorer countries, most of which, as you said, are struggling to vaccinate. That seems to be kind of the issue at the moment. Um, The IMF noted that close to 40% of the population in advanced economies has been uh, fully vaccinated, compared with 11% in emerging market economies and a tiny fraction in low-income developing countries. Now, the IMF significantly raised its forecast for the United States especially, Mm. which it now expects to grow at 7% in 2021 and 4.9% in 2022. That's up 0.6 and 1.4 percentage points, respectively, from the forecast back in April. India, which has struggled with a massive wave of coronavirus infections this year, uh, as we've been reporting, saw the biggest cut in its growth forecast, three percentage points uh, to nine and a half percent for for this year. Mm. And the IMF said other downside risks also remain significantly globally, including the potential for new highly contagious coronavirus variants that could lead to new restrictions on movement and reduced economic activity. Mm. Yes, we are dealing with a Delta variant, but it won't be the last, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. It's just something that's inevitable and we have to accept. And um, the IMF is basically warning of that. (laughs) That it will be a tricky balancing act for the foreseeable future. 
All right. It was not as promising as I'd hoped for. No, I mm. mean, yeah. That's the reality. But it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have no comment. There, there is no positive spin on that. Yeah. All right, on to our fifth keyword of the day. Four life sentences. So the court ruling has been handed down for the man accused of fatally shooting eight people in Atlanta, Georgia, most of whom were confirmed to be Asian. Yeah, some Koreans are among that group as well, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Robert Aaron Long pleaded guilty to murder Tuesday in four of the killings and was sentenced to spend the rest of his life uh, in prison. He, has ha- he was handed uh, four consecutive life sentences plus 35 years without the possibility of parole. Uh, he still, however, faces the death penalty in other uh, in the other deaths, which mm. are being uh, prosecuted in another county. Uh, the string of shootings at three businesses in March ignited, uh, if we remember, outrage and fueled fear among Asian Americans as well, who are already getting some stick because. Um, of a wrongful link in relation to the pandemic. And stigma attached yeah, to that. Yeah, the stigma attached to that, exactly. Um, uh, and many were particularly upset when authorities suggested that Long's crimes weren't racially motivated, but were born of a sex addiction, which uh, isn't recognized as an official disorder. Even the prosecutor during Tuesday's ruling still made that claim as well, mm. which uh, fueled uh, more anger as well. Now, in Atlanta, Fulton County District Attorney... Um, uh, Fanny Willis has said she does intend to seek the death penalty, so there is a strong kind of push for that death penalty to be uh, handed down. There, Long faces charges of aggravated assault and domestic terrorism in addition to murder. Mm. Um, he is scheduled for arraignment next month in Fulton County. Uh, but the bottom line is he will be behind bars for the rest of his life um, with the question of the death penalty remains to be seen. All right, moving on to our last key word this morning. Buying Starbucks Korea. Who is? On to some <laughs> business news. Retail giant Shinsega Group has increased its stake in Starbucks Coffee Korea. So what's yeah. the latest? Yeah, so Shinsega's group affiliate E-Mart, uh, the, the well-known uh, chain that we know, holds a 50% stake in Starbucks Korea. The other 50% belongs to Starbucks in Seattle, basically, <laughs> the, <laughs> the umbrella company. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, E-Mart wants to be the majority owner by buying another uh, 17.5% for just over 700 uh, 400 rather and 74 mm. billion one mm-hmm. so basically starbucks uh, headquarters is letting uh, is basically exiting korea is basically what the uh, the this transaction mm-hmm. or deal potential deal means right. uh, because the singaporean government will take the remaining shares as well so starbucks won't have any uh, shares so it's basically giving in for the korean market mm. and a transaction is likely to happen in the next 90 days mm. some analysts predict that shinsegu group will promote an ipo of Starbucks Korea after uh, the additional stake purchase, although a uh, Shinsega official said that nothing's been decided. Uh, what our consumers, our mere consumers, should know that nothing will change, basically. <laughs> Starbucks will be Starbucks as usual. Starbucks Korea yeah, will be Starbucks Korea right. as usual, uh, and the goods won't change. No, the coffees and everything else will and be the, the same. The special menus will be the same. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the compensation for the employees of the company also mm. will be unchanged as well. So it's just a business deal. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, yeah, just a just, major one. Just Yeah, just a major one, but still, nothing changes for us uh, who buys the coffee. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the natural question we'd go to, right? right I mean, what yeah. does it do for prices for the consumers? Unaffected for the 
the time being. Uh, don't know about the coffee prices, mm. but uh, the selection and the menus <laughs> and the design and stuff like that. Because there's a the kind of a back another kind of clause and deal that uh, right. st- is still in place. So to keep that the brand is, logo intact. Exactly. So that everything is in sync with mm. the Starbucks in the US and uh, yes. the rest of the world. Right. Yes. Thank you very much, Adam. That was quite a range of coverage. It was. <laughs> it did feel longer <laughs> than usual. Information overload. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, as always. I'll see you you're tomorrow. Welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.